0: Hey, y'all. This is Sam Brady. This is episode three of Reading the Egg, my audio flash podcast where I read you stories that I wrote. Uh, Some of these stories were posted on my blog at sambrady.wordpress.com, which is called Writing the Egg, and this is Reading the Egg because I'm reading you the stories. See? You see what I did there? Pretty clever. Um... Story that I am reading to you today, I got the idea for this story way back in like 2002. I mean, it was a long time ago. It might have even been before that. But I got the idea for the story way back then, and it was going to be this crazy novel. And I just said, forget it. It it. It just didn't work. And I didn't even write more than like two pages. And I was like, forget it. And so years later, I came back to it. And I wrote this version of the story that I'm going to read to you today. I want to say it was like in 2012. Because I wrote it... I actually wrote a, wrote a version of this story in 2010. And I kind of updated the the setting and everything. And kind of actually kind of got this cool little short story out of it. And then years later, in 2012, I turned it into a story for and for a website called The First Line. Uh, If you don't know about The First Line, this is a quarterly journal that posts a collection of stories that all begin with the same first line. So they tell you, okay, for this quarter, the first line is going to be this. You can submit a story. They pick their favorites and so on and so forth. I have submitted to this, like, 12, 13, 14 times, something over over the years. They've never picked one of my stories because they're just, because they're nuts. No, I shouldn't say they're nuts. They just, they like other things that aren't what I write. But I keep trying. And this is one that I submitted to them back in 2012. And the first line for this one was, a light snow was falling as Charlie Reardon left the diner and made his way down Madison Street. So see, it's a nice, innocent line, and under their their structure, you can take that line, you can do whatever you want to with it. Who is Charlie Reardon? Why was he in the diner? Where is Madison Street? And I'm sure everybody has their own take on all those different things. And for some reason... I decided that I was going to take my old idea about the Slaw story and I was going to combine it with this first line and I was going to make a fantastic piece of short fiction. And I think I did. This is one of my favorite short stories that I have written in all these many years. And I'm going to read it to you now. This is called Matthew 14... Nineteen and a half <clears throat> A light snow was falling as Charlie Reardon left the diner and made his way down Madison Street. He was lost in thought and didn't realize he was lost in thought and didn't realize that he had left his hat in the diner. Somewhere between his second cup of joe and a piece of banana pie, he had what philosophers called an epiphany. Some of the world's greatest ideas had gotten their start in just as mundane a setting. Charlie's idea was no different, if not nearly so great in the end. Charlie had been sitting at the counter eating dinner after a long, frustrating day in the office. He'd polished off an old-fashioned, earth-style, yeah, right, thought Charlie, cheeseburger. Really? Well, the bioengineers called it a cheeseburger anyway, and had just ordered his pie and a warm-up on his joe for dessert. Like nearly everyone else in the diner, he had his pad out, opened, and jacked into the colony's net. He was in secure mode, He was checking news and financial information from his home accounts and didn't want to take any chances on losing information to pirates or hackers. He'd designed much of his own secure crypt, so he was confident he was as safe as he could be while surfing in a diner, as long as nobody came up and looked over his shoulder while he typed. He turned, suddenly paranoid. Nobody was there. As he, as he entered his identity information for the 14th time, it occurred to Charlie that there had to be a better way. Humankind had been performing financial transactions of every kind online since the late 20th century. There simply had to be a better way. There is a better way, he decided, and I'm just the man to find it. It was, as has already been said, an epiphany. From such inauspicious beginnings came the near destruction of human civilization as we know it. Charlie finished his transactions, some light news reading, and his pie. He left a tip and his hat on the counter and made his way out into the snow. He walked a couple of blocks and found himself on the corner of Madison Street and Cooper Avenue, squinting up into the glow of a streetlight. The blowing snow made a fuzzy halo around the harsh white glare of the LEDs. As wet flakes blew into his eyes, he realized he had forgotten his hat. No time to go back for it, he thought. There's work to be done. He turned on to Cooper and walked the last two blocks back to his building. The lift to his floor was out again. He sighed. The asteroid colonies didn't get hardware runs from Earth often enough to keep up with the deterioration of the old machinery. Well, that's what I get for living in a building that dates back to the establishment. He sighed again and headed for the stairs. After a rugged climb, he entered his unit took his jacket off, and brushed the snow out of his hair and eyebrows. He went into his desk and inserted his pad into its cradle, then jacked into the net. The holographic keyboard on his desk sprang to life and his fingers flew. He opened a blank document and started transcribing notes, trying to put down on the page everything that had been dancing in his head since he had forgotten his password for the fifth time on the Astrobank site and had locked his account up. Again, he thought, there has to be a better way. After a few more minutes of taking notes, he began cross-referencing his thoughts with the main informational databases in Euclid, Earth United Colony Local Information Distribution. Descended from 21st century wiki systems, ideas and thoughts of all sorts had been placed in Euclid every day for the last 30 years. It was an indispensable, if haphazard, aid to information seekers across the system, even if the veracity of its data was often cast in doubt by serious researchers. Every colony had its own independent Euclid array, but it was possible to access information from every array in the system if one was willing to pay a subscription rate for the access. Charlie had, and he used it now, logging into the master array. Another identity check making him sigh all over again. To bump his ideas up against the collective intelligence of the entire human system. This took a while. All searches of Euclid data were done via index keywords and context strings. Other than that, there was very little organization to the information in the Euclid system. Attempts had been made over the years to rectify that, but the Euclid user community was aggressively opposed to any attempts to clean up their data. As a result, it always took longer than expected to find any information that related to the actual search being performed. Two hours later, Charlie emerged from Euclid, as usual, having forgotten entirely why he had gone in to begin with. Instead, he had spent his time clicking from topic to topic, following whatever information thread caught his eye, and was now convinced that Jesus Christ had enjoyed eating coleslaw. You may remember the story from the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. According to Matthew, Jesus fed more than 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. Charlie realized as he sat there reading the old scriptures that they had forgotten to mention the coleslaw. Who eats fish without coleslaw, Charlie wondered. My old New England relatives surely never did. Surely Jesus wouldn't have. He would have known better. Matthew didn't mention tartar sauce either, but Charlie forgave him for that. Condiments tend to get short shrift, was to be expected. Charlie updated the Gospel of Matthew to mention not only the two fish and five loaves, but also the single head of cabbage that was used to create the coleslaw that the disciples had served up with the fish and the bread. He posted his new translation to the colony's Euclid array, then, after a moment of reflection, to the master array as well. He sat back and smiled, satisfied with the his night's work. Within minutes, his inbox was flooded with inquiries from all over the system, from those wanting to know, variously, where did you get your information? It's a revelation! Where did you get your information? You're a crackpot! Who are you to assume Christ would eat coleslaw? Did the coleslaw have carrots in it? Are you sure the cabbage wasn't used to make sauerkraut instead? At that point, the wheels came off. A line was quickly drawn between sauerkraut adherents, consisting primarily of German-descended colonists from Titan, Charon, and the Lunar Dark Side, and coleslaw adherents, whether carrot-based or not, centered in old North America, the asteroids, and on the Martian moons. The coleslaw crowd tried to remain insular, preferring at first to discuss amongst themselves the difference between fish coleslaw and barbecue coleslaw and the different ways of making each. Before anyone realized what was happening, though, the sauerkraut crowd was trolling the coleslaw forums and leaving poorly spelled, anonymous flames filled with atrocious grammar that questioned the basic humanity of anyone who would use cabbage for any other reason than sauerkraut, and why the hell didn't Christ serve hush puppies anyway? The hush puppy crack was the last needle on the haystack, and before anyone realized what was going on, flash mobs were organized on every world in the system. Hundreds of thousands of people gathered at dawn the next day, chanting, holding heads of cabbage aloft, and eating mass quantities of either coleslaw or sauerkraut as their taste and dogma dictated. It was peaceful at first, until a fateful moment on the edge of a sauerkraut rally in Lake Winnipesica Series Colony, where a man named Shorty McAllister loudly proclaimed that not only was sauerkraut an abomination before God, but that coleslaw was also the only food that could be eaten during a football game if one wanted to avoid a hangover the next day the crowd set upon him with a vengeance. The movement had its first martyr. By noon, cities were burning on 16 different worlds. Local and colonial governments called out police and military forces, and the crowds were dispersed without force when it was possible, but by any means necessary when it wasn't. In the end, most crowds went home peacefully, lured there on some colonies by offers of discounted coupons for local dining establishments and offers of unscrambled pay-per-view on the system-wide entertainment networks. In the final tally, 56,324 people died. Of those... More than two-thirds were believed to have been a part of the sauerkraut community, which gave the coleslaw, ammuni- which gave the coleslaw crowd ammunition for a series of we-told-you-sauerkraut-is-bad-for-you screeds. In the end, cabbage was banned system-wide, and cabbage slaw and kraut development became the hot culinary topic for the next few months. What of Charlie Reardon? He started the whole thing, however inadvertently. Well, Charlie was injured when the lift from his floor malfunctioned again as he was leaving the building for a coleslaw rally. The door slammed shut on him as he tried to exit the lift, cracking three ribs and giving him a concussion when he fell forward and hit his forehead on the floor. As he lapsed into unconsciousness, his last thought was... I bet Jesus Christ would have used the stairs. Charlie's updated translation of the New Testament was removed from Euclid, and his posting privileges were revoked. So it is not known if he completed further research on Jesus Christ and his stairs versus lift preference. One rather hopes that he did not. No use tempting fate. That was Matthew 14, 19 and a half, which was my story about Charlie Reardon and his cabbage and coleslaw. And I love that story so much. I hope you did too. This has been the third episode of Reading the Egg. And my name is Sam Brady. Come back next time where you will get to hear another one of my old stories. I hope you liked it. Have a good day, y'all.